I was watching a History Channel program, and they made an interesting claim. The theologian on the program said the reason the name of God is different in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 is because the early Jews took the creation story from two different religions and combined them into one story. Is this true, or did the theologian just not understand the purpose of the scripture? I want to welcome you to the Connect with Christ Bible Study, where we take a chapter of scripture and explore parts of it for a deeper understanding. Today, we will be looking at Genesis chapter 2. I have actually heard this explanation of why Genesis 1 and 2 exist several times. After all, why do we need to rehash the creation of all things in Genesis chapter 2? Did not God create the trees and the animals and man in chapter 1? The big misunderstanding about what is going on starts when you compare the Bible's account of creation versus the account of creation from most other cultures. Greeks and Romans wrote epic tales regarding the creation of the heavens, battles between gods, and the rise of fall of whole species before man was even created. The Sumerian myth told in the Eridu does the same, full wars and detailed acts that lay out the creation of the universe. Most religions fill books and novels and plays focus specifically on the creation of the world how their specific deity arrived at the powers to be able to create it, and how some even actually created some specific landform that they can point to and say, see, that is the evidence. What makes this different from biblical scripture is that the Bible was not written to show off God's power. The Bible was not written to create an excuse to why he did the things he did. The Bible is not the story of God. The Bible is a love story about the relationship of God and man. With that understanding, the creation of the universe can be boiled down to a simple chapter. God created the universe. Its purpose is for man, and that is all we need to know. God does not need to explain himself, and truth be told, I don't think we would have the metaphysical understanding to know how he did it. Besides, he spoke it into being. So in Genesis chapter 1, the name God has is Elohim, God Most High. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, God gets a new name, Yuhevaheh, or you may have heard it as Yahweh or Jehovah. The truth is, we don't exactly know how to pronounce it because ancient Hebrew was not written with vowel sounds, and the name has not been spoken since ancient times. But we add vowels to the written Yuhevahe to make it sound like Yahweh or Jehovah. Genesis chapter 2 verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. We can see here the new name of God. In our scripture it says Lord God. But what it really is is Lord, Yahweh or Jehovah. God, Elohim. It's added here because God is letting us know his personal name. God wants to change his persona from a distant God on high, Elohim, to a personal Lord that knows and meets with his creation, Jehovah. You can see this motivation of being a relatable God throughout Scripture. 
when God speaks to Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and their descendants, he does not say, I am the Elohim. He does not say, I am the God most high. He says, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God that led you out of Egypt. I am the God that hears your cries. The Bible is the story of God's relationship with man, not a book expressly to make us impressed by the work of God. It is a love story of how man tries to learn how to love God, and God tries to help man to stand at his side. The culmination of this will be the wedding feast mentioned at the end of Revelation. The letters of Paul speak of the church being Christ's bride and Christ being the bridegroom. The Bible is a love story. In chapter 2, God steps down from on high and we learn his name, the Yuhevaheh or Jehovah. We learn of a personal God that thinks about us. He cares so much about us and he makes it obvious that he carves out a garden in the land of Eden. He places all the trees that bear fruit in the garden. He has rivers for water and we're told that he even surrounds the garden with resources like gold that he knows that at the time man does not need but one day he will need. Yahweh takes his newly made man and places him in the garden and Yahweh is concerned for him even to the point of presenting every animal before him and eventually making him a partner in women. So the TV theologian gets the message wrong. It's not that there's two different gods being combined into one story. And I want you to think of it this way. If we were talking about a U.S. president, chapter one is the story of how the president runs the country. Chapter two is a story about how the president comes to his men and prays with them and talks to them and shows them how much he cares about them. So God spends chapter 1 to let us know that he is powerful enough to create the universe. Chapter 2, God steps down from heaven, carves out Eden, and introduces himself to man. This is the beginning of a love story that has many twists and pitfalls. Please join me as I end this lesson in prayer. Lord, thank you for the heart that you put in us and the heart that beats in your chest. Your divine desire is that we live together in fellowship and love. And I thank you for Christ Jesus, who is the embodiment of your love and whose sacrifice makes your loving fellowship available to all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.